Did you hear that? Was it the horror comedy podcast with Jake and Haley? Oh my god, it was. This podcast is for inhalation use only. And that means it's not for kids. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there. Sorry, you caught me in the middle of a sip. You must be here for the mini episode. Hey, come on in. The dabs are hot. The bong is packed. The water is cold. Come chill. It's a time for a mini episode, you guys, and I'm not going to lie. I am fucking hella late, but at least it's still coming out on Wednesday. I had a really rough mental health week. Um, pretty bad. So I apologize, but going forward, we'll work very hard to make it more consistent. I appreciate you guys being so patient with me. Send us your scary stories to the horror comedy podcast at gmail.com. Um, we are accepting episode suggestions too. If you have something you'd like to hear about that we haven't covered, send us your ideas, you guys. I'm more than happy to do the research and Jake would love to make jokes about it. I mean, he probably might actually be scared by it too, which remember, that's our goal here. Um, so send us your scary stories, send us your episode ideas. Let's frighten Jake. Until the end of August, I'm doing monster pet portraits. So I'll just drop a little ditty of your pet at a third eye or some antennas or whatever. Um, check out our Instagram if you want to see it. They're like $30 um, and then shipping anywhere inside the U.S. If you're outside of the U.S., I mean, hit me up and we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, half of that, the $15 of the 30 goes to the Black Lives Matter movement. And we actually also have a link to that in the episode notes. If you don't want a picture and you just want to donate $15, fucking awesome. This week I'm going to share something with you guys that is weird <laughs> and it feels super personal. Like I feel vulnerable and strange and like I said it's been a bad mental health week so uh it's kind of weird and I'm I'm flying solo, you know, it's our mini episode so Jake doesn't hang out for these ones cuz he's had enough of my ass by Wednesday. But uh you know, I feel a little naked while I'm recording this and it's 2020, so we've all been, you know, pantsless on a zoom call it's kind of like that but emotionally uh but what i'm about to tell you is a true story that personally happened to me and my friends in my very first apartment um it's 2013 and i was a naive little baby fresh out of high school i moved from philadelphia to new jersey with this garbage man that i was dating because i was a trash fanatic clearly um and to clarify he wasn't like a garbage man for his job he just was a man and was also garbage um yeah so I got my first apartment it was like a huge house that was split into like four apartments and I lived on the second floor and I had the attic as my bedroom I have this best friend Lexi she's my best friend in the whole wide world we know each other so well uh we've known each other since we were kids when we were teenagers once we got hit by a truck together like we have no choice but to be best friends, but we were best friends before that. Um, at the time, she lived about two hours away, and then I moved, of course, so it was more like four hours away, and I didn't have my license, so it's, you know, it had kind of been a while since I seen her. So as soon as I got my apartment, that was like the first thing we did was make plans for her to come and see it. I waited. I was super excited for her to come by, um, and while I waited, you know, I just filled up my apartment with shitty thrift furniture and, like, tacky garbage that you think is cool when you have your first apartment. Um, 
finally, Lexi and her then-boyfriend Patrick arrived. I was so excited to have them. We did all kinds of shit. We, like, bounced from painting the walls to cooking together. We went thrift shopping for more stuff that I needed around the house. We made jokes and, like, laughed the whole time and caught up on everything. But we were trying to fit a lot of stuff (laughs) into that one weekend. It was way too short of a visit. For example, here are some things that were on the itinerary. You know, we... uh, Ate two full containers of nutmeg each to see if we would trip. We didn't. Uh, and since that didn't do it, we continued on our quest of fucked upness. We got someone, you know, we hay mistered, whatever. I don't even know how we got it, but we got someone who was of age to go and get us some booze. What kind of booze? Thank you so much for asking. It was Bacardi 151. If you don't know, that's 151 proof rum. And it's flammable. It's actually like illegal in some places. (laughs) And I think that pretty much says everything that you need to know about how fucked up that we were trying to get. It just so happened that my ex Trash had met a new friend about a week or so before this. His new friend was way older than all of us, but we shared a common interest. Drugs! Specifically, New Jersey brickweed. $30 a fucking ounce. It's brown and it comes in a rectangular shape. Gives you headaches. Do you know what I'm talking about? I hope you don't know what I'm talking about. The friend's name was something super rad and unique and one of a kind. But I don't want to give it away. I don't want to be rude like that. So I came up with something similar. So we're going to call him (laughs) Corncob. So me, Lexi, Patrick, and Trash all were drinking the 151. Started out fun you know like a party we had the radio going we made some food everybody was having a good fucking time but that was actually like the calm before the storm um at this point in my life i was notorious for being really hard to scare and all i did was talk shit about horror movies and i ruined them for everyone i was the worst i'm so sorry for anyone who ever tried to enjoy something around me i just it wasn't you it was me Um, So I'm sure that it was slightly coming from a place of seeking revenge (laughs) when Lexi suggested we should try playing with the Ouija board. I was like, oh, my God, girl, yes, what a good idea. (laughs) I messed with the Ouija board when I was a kid, but nothing had happened. Um, Just like the usual bullshit, like friends trying to scare other friends and, you know, just kid shit. So I didn't think it was a big deal. I was like, that sounds great. Let's see if this will scare me, you know. But uh, we didn't own a Ouija board. And Lexi said, don't worry. We'll just make our own. But what goes really good with arts and crafts is weed. <laughs> so we had Trash call up Corn Cob to come and bring us some pot. And we started on our cute little project. And it actually came out looking pretty good, not to brag. It was like clear letters and they were nicely evenly spaced and we had the yes, no, the hello, goodbye. We even drew like a little sun and a moon on there. It actually looked pretty good. Uh, We set it up on the dining room table and we flipped the glass for our planchette. Corn cob arrived and by then we were already super drunk and stoked to see him. We did our exchange and invited him to chill for a minute because I don't know if y'all have ever lived in New Jersey, but it's humid and disgusting in the summer. 
So we're like, you know, come chill, cool down for a minute. He came past the kitchen into the dining room on the way to the living room, but froze. I remember him instantly staring at the Ouija board and almost losing color in his face. He asked us what we were doing with that. We all kind of laughed and we were like, oh, don't worry. It's, you know, it's a Ouija board, but we don't, none of us believe in the afterlife. You know, this is just, we're just trying to scare each other and like have some fun. I was so positive that Lexi and Patrick were just going to like revenge scare me in return for me ruining every horror movie. And none of us believed that nothing bad could happen. So we were like, don't worry, pal. Like, it's all good. But he really didn't seem reassured by that at all. <laughs> Corncob was like old enough to be my dad. And the way he was worried about us was actually sort of dadly. And even more than that, I sensed like some kind of sadness. Like he seemed sort of almost sad. Uh, but we smoked him up, you know, and we let him have some, some rum. And he started to seem like he was having a good time. He seemed fine. He asked if he could hang a little longer since it was dark now, and he just wanted to sober up. We said, sure, no problem, but we are going to start playing with the Ouija board now. We started this whole thing like three hours earlier, and it was dark at this point. So we were all tired of fucking around, and we wanted to finally get down to business. So we all sat around the dining room table. The radio was still playing, and all the lights were out with candles so that we could still see. We didn't want to bum rush the spirit, so I designated myself as the talker. If anybody wanted to ask something, we would chat about it as a group, and then I would be the one to talk to the spirit, quote-unquote. We started with the usual shit. Is there a spirit here? And the planchette didn't move. We introduced ourselves to break the ice, and we asked again, Is there anybody who wants to communicate tonight? Nothing. At this point, we all felt super validated. Ghosts aren't real. And we were the brave shithead pioneers to blow the cover off of it. And we started talking shit and laughing. Patrick had the bright idea to Google ways to strengthen a connection through the Ouija board. Being the disrespectful twats we were, we thought it would be a great idea to do some stupid chant that Google said would guarantee a spirit to connect with us through the Ouija board. We all laughed about it, said the chant, talked shit. Corncob warned us, uh, and he said, you know, like, y'all are making me nervous with all this shit. Uh, this is too much. Y'all shouldn't be fucking around with stuff like this. But we were like, haha, I'm 18. I know everything. Well, that's how I was. I just, man, I wish I knew everything now. Uh, we all put our hands back on the planchette, except for Corncob. The candles closest to him blew out. That was kind of the turning point for me. The candles near him blew out, and that was the first time the whole night I didn't think it was funny anymore. Like, the room felt different. I felt like there was a pressure in the room, and I was looking into everyone's candle-lit faces, and I could tell that they felt it too. Like, nobody was laughing now. Is there a spirit here? Yes. The planchette was now moving in a figure eight shape, which was odd because before it wasn't moving at all. I felt really irritated that Trash or Patrick was fucking with us, so I asked them to take their hands off of the planchette. But 
It didn't matter, even with just me and Lexi and only the tips of our fingers touching the planchette. It still moved in those broad figure eight shapes. And my hand was fucking cold. (laughs) I was starting to feel scared. Still just me and Lexi, I asked, what's your name? No. Hmm. Now the boys are starting to look at us with doubt. Trash was like, this is fucking bullshit. Switch with us. So we did. One by one, I let my finger up. Trash put his down. Lexi took hers up. Patrick put his down. And we sat back and we watched them. They talked about what they should ask while the, while the planchette moved in those little eight formations. And finally, we decided on, are you a good spirit? It jolted to no. If I thought there was a weird pressure in the air before, I was crushed under that pressure now. I felt like I had taken off my helmet in fucking outer space. Like, the room felt smaller. I wished that there was somebody there who was not drunk or high. We needed an adult. We all put our fingers back on the planchette, and we started to debate on what kind of contact we should be making. Trash insisted that we should ask more questions to figure out who this spirit was and where they were from. Was this your apartment? No. Was this your house? No. Finally, I found something to laugh about. I was like, stupid idiot ghost. Like, how did you get here then? We asked, where are you from? H. E. L. L. And the radio changed stations. I noped the fuck out at that point. Like I said, not an easy scare. But I saw the look on everyone's face at that moment. Nobody was laughing. Nobody was getting a kick out of this. Nobody wanted the board to spell out hell. And nobody was near the radio. I'm the type of person who loves evidence. What scares me is shit that is real. And this was quickly becoming real. I got up and I blew out the candles and turned the lights back on. Everyone took their hands off of the planchette. We were all super fucking serious at that point. Everyone was scared. Corncob said that he wanted to leave, but he was worried that if he left before we closed the session, whatever it was could leave with him. We had a serious discussion about what we should do. Like, should we keep going? Should we try to close out the session? Should we just put it away now? And finally, we decided that we had to keep going at least to get the spirit to say goodbye so that we could close the session and go about our fucking night. I was feeling really paranoid at that point. Like these people around me, some I had known for years, all of a sudden I felt like I couldn't trust them. I expressed that to them too. Like whoever doing this is really tricky, but kind of sucks. Patrick suggested we ask some personal questions about each of us and have the subject and anyone who knows the answer remove their hands from the planchette. His logic was that if the entity was really from hell, it would know the answers. If it was just one of us messing around, the answers would be wrong. And I thought that sounded legit. You know, I also suggested, you know, we should stop drinking and smoking at this point because the lines were fuzzy and I wanted to know what the hell was going on? <laughs> like I said, Lexi and I were hit by a truck together when we were younger. It was like a near-death experience for me. 
I asked Lexi to take her hands off of the planchette, and she did. Just the boys on the planchette now, I asked, what did I see during my near-death experience? And O-T-H-I-N-G. <sighs> that was the truth. I didn't see anything. I didn't feel my life flash before my eyes or, like, see a light. But I figured, like, Patrick and Trash knew me well enough. No, I'm not religious. They could have guessed. Next, it was Patrick's turn. Trash and I followed the bounding planchette in its figure eight formation. Patrick said to ask the last time he saw his mother. When's the last time Patrick saw his mother? M. A. Y. What the fuck, he said. Corncob blurted out, How old was my son when he died? I didn't even know Corncob had lost a son. And even worse, the Ouija did know. Four. Corncob huffed and ran his hands through his hair. This isn't fucking cool anymore. I told everyone to get their hands off of the fucking planchette. Just like that, all of the stuff on top of my fridge flung off of it. It was like a tall-ass person literally shoved that shit off. Like, it went flying. And the radio station started to go chaotic, like back and forth, back and forth, searching for a signal. I finally just unplugged it. I couldn't, I couldn't listen to it anymore. I felt chaos in that room. We needed to make a game plan. We needed to tell the entity to leave, and we needed to say goodbye. Everyone agreed. This was getting terrible. One of us could really get hurt. So back to it, we all put our hands gently on the planchette, one finger each. It's time for you to go. And I tried to say it in the firmest voice I could. The planchette zoomed to no. We tried to move it, but it was like it was glued to the board. We pushed, and the planchette stuck to the no. We ended up pushing it off the table, trying to get it to move, and the glass we were using for the planchette shattered. What the fuck? I got up, grabbed a new glass, came right back. This is not your home, and it's time for you to leave. And it started to spell Z-O. 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 Faster and faster and faster. The planchette moved between these two letters until it was going so fast I could barely keep up. Was it moving on its own? We tried to stop it or slow it down, but it had the it had velocity behind it. It felt like it weighed a fucking ton. Trash was fucking pissed at this point. He said, that is enough. He started shouting at the Ouija board, and he forced the planchette to goodbye. He picked up the board and the glass, and he went upstairs with them and came back down without. First thing tomorrow, he said, we are going to get rid of that shit. No more scary shit. We agreed, and we all, like, nervously laughed about it. We tried to explain the weird shit that happened make jokes about it you know corncob told us to wrap the ouija in silk and bury it and he said good night and he left 
We all sat in that living room and watched Adventure Time and tried to pick the party back up. Eventually, Lexi did get super hammered and told me she was going to cut off my head and said, like, other creepy shit to me. So, I don't know, but I think it was the 151 because she didn't remember it the next day. And she did stop doing it as soon as somebody screamed at her face to stop. So, I did fall asleep that night, but the house was never the same after that. The next morning, I wrapped the Ouija in a silk pillowcase and buried it outside and uh, we never saw a corn cob again, not even to sell us drugs. He would answer our texts and shit, but he would not come near us. <laughs> After that night, I heard unexplained stomping coming from upstairs. Trash had a young daughter who complained that she would be woken up by the burnt man, which would send her into hysterics like once a night. We got a kitten who I witnessed being thrown down the fucking stairs once. And I was the only one home. I know that. The kid couldn't have done it. Our downstairs neighbors would complain to us all the time about all the noise we were making and stomping around and shit at all hours of the night. But I worked third shift, and I wasn't home. Trash said him and his kid were sleeping. In February, I was listening to an episode of Scared to Death, which is like a bomb-ass podcast. You should check it out. And they had an episode about the Zozo Ouija demon, which... I didn't even know it was a thing, but apparently it is, and if you make contact with it, there's a fucking curse. Um, I do kind of feel cursed. I don't know how to explain it, but sometimes there's people that others will say, you know, my friends and shit will say, like, I'm getting va- bad vibes from that person. I never pick up on bad vibes. Um, I'm trying to get better at it, And I want to say I'm better at it, but realistically, I just don't talk to anyone anymore. (laughs) Uh, I've also had legit the worst luck, and I'm like the clumsiest person on the fucking planet. But I am still really, really hard to scare. So curse or not, I don't give a fuck. I'm coming for you, world. Um, Don't play with the Ouija board. Don't use the Ouija if you're hired drunk. Don't provoke entities. Don't make a Ouija board by hand. Don't try to summon anything. Don't do any chance. And never, 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 never let the planchette move in a figure eight. And that's all I got for you guys this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please tune in on Sunday because we're going to talk about Free Britney. And um, I love you guys so much. Don't forget to drink water. Don't forget to send us your scary stories. Don't forget to not play with a Ouija. I'm so serious.